listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 23rd of February 2023. Let's start with that massive Qantas profit, a half-year underlying result of $1.43 billion. That is a record and up from a $1.2 billion loss on the previous corresponding period. So a huge turnaround as traveller demand remains strong, but it's warned airfares will remain significantly above pre-COVID levels despite a planned increase in capacity, both domestic and international. For more, Tyson Cusey spoke earlier with aviation analyst Geoffrey Thomas. The, the turnaround at Qantas has been really dramatic and it, it's a result of several factors, some restructuring done during uh, COVID, um, then uh, following COVID, uh, the passion of Australian travellers to uh, get into the air uh, has meant full aeroplanes. Instead of a load factor of about 80%, uh, the airlines have been operating in, in the high 90s, um, and this has really helped the bottom line, uh, even though there's been all sorts of problems, like an increase in fuel of about 65 to 70%, uh, inflation and, and other factors that have made uh, operating conditions very difficult. Um, so it's an outstanding result, considering all of that. You mentioned there some of the difficulties it's faced, um, but what are some of the things it's doing right? Um, the, the airline has um, responded as, as quickly as it possibly could to the demand um, and, uh, and has put as many aircraft as it possibly could into the market. Uh, one of the problems that Qantas has had is bringing aircraft out of storage. Uh, for instance, the A380 requires about 4,000 man-hours to bring it back to a serviceable uh, flying condition. So there's been a lot of challenges um, and, and uh, the airline has been successfully been able to navigate that through very astute management, uh, very tight controls um, on the operation uh, and that has led to this uh, very good result. And we've seen stories in the media of people not receiving refunds of flights that they've had cancelled, people not receiving their luggage at various airports. What are some of the things it hasn't done so well? Qantas, like all airlines in the world, have suffered terribly from staff shortages, COVID illness, um, and, and a whole range of factors related around that particular, those particular issues. So therefore, the, we, we've had lost baggage, we've had delays, we've had higher airfares than we would have liked. So there's been a lot of structural problems globally for the airline industry, including, for instance, shortage of parts for aircraft uh, from Boeing and from Airbus because of uh, delays in supply through the supply chains. So earlier uh, in this financial year, uh, um, Jetstar had five 787s grounded for a period of time simply because they couldn't get the spare parts. So they're the sorts of things that have added a lot of cost, a lot of frustration, uh, a lot of the delays um, and disruptions that passengers have suffered are because of the global problem associated with the airline industry um, and, it, and it's only slowly really uh, getting, uh, getting momentum uh, to get back towards uh, pre-2019. And you mentioned there the struggle to meet demand. Just how much travel demand is there right now? 
So the demand at the moment, uh, Qantas is about 94, 95% of uh, pre-COVID for the domestic market, about 60% uh, for the uh, international market, but the demand at them still is outstripping the supply of seats because most flights are leaving full. However, in a, in a sign of better things to come, uh, Qantas uh, CEO Alan Joyce said that over the next three years, the Qantas group, including Jetstar, will be getting one new aeroplane every three weeks. Now that's really good news because it's going to be more capacity. Some of the old aeroplanes will be will be retired. So there's some good things happening in that space, um, and there will be some cheaper airfares for sure coming up. Now Qantas says fares will stay significantly above pre-pandemic levels. Do you think that given this profit, it, that's justified? Well, it's it's important that Qantas makes a really good profit because that's how they invest in new aircraft. These new aircraft they've got coming burn up to 25, even 30% less fuel than the ones they're going to replace. We, we must have a profitable, robust airline to, to be able uh, to invest in these new uh, aircraft so we've got, we, and we still will have, the best airline system in the world. That's what this is all about. We want a crackerjack airline system in this country. It's, it's important for the economy, uh, and so we need new aircraft. We need airlines making money. We need Virgin to make money. We need Rex to make money, and good profits, not meagre profits, but good profits. In the end, the, the consumer benefits, because with, with the more efficient aeroplanes, you get lower fuel burn, you get cheaper fares. That's what, that's what really sustained reduction in airfares is all about, is more efficient, more economical aircraft. So it's an investment in the future. Um, so I think it's very important that it makes a good profit. I think well done. Now, aren't we seeing more competition coming on board from places like China and the Middle East as well? Look, indeed, there is a, there is a lot more competition coming. Um, airlines that Qantas competes with, like Singapore Airlines, Qatar Airways, Etihad, Emirates, their, their owners understand, understand the importance of aviation and they really supported their airlines through the pandemic. I know a lot is made of the $2 billion that Qantas got in JobKeeper uh, or from the government through the pandemic. One billion of that was just to keep the network operating through the pandemic. Now, if the government uh, was to pay Qantas for all its staff through the pandemic, it would require $12 billion. So Qantas, to get through the pandemic, has had to sell aircraft and lease them back, sell property. Um, they've had to sell a lot of assets to get through this pandemic. So, yes, they are facing a lot of competition from very well-heeled international carriers which, with much lower labour costs. So there's a lot of challenges still ahead for Qantas. That's why it's so important they make a good profit. That is aviation expert Jeffrey Thomas speaking with Tyzok Husey. Now, Qantas shares actually fell today, down by 6.8%. The broader S&P ASX 200 only off by 0.4% to 7,285. For more on the market reaction on the Qantas result, I spoke earlier with Angus Geddes. He's the CEO of Fat Profits. Look, I think uh, conditions have never been this good for the airlines. Uh, you know, they're in a perfect environment where you've got uh, record sort of demand, pent-up demand from the pandemic. You know, everyone's flying, uh, not just for work, but also for travel. 
and the load factors have been uh, uh, at record levels really for Qantas. Uh, meanwhile, they've also cut a lot of costs. They've cut costs out of the airline, so they're in a sweet spot where they're making record revenue, record uh, load factors, and they're coming off a low-cost space. How do you explain then the negative reaction on the share price? I think the market was looking for more. Uh, the market was certainly expecting a um, an even higher profit, so a bit of disappointment there, and possibly also due to the fact that Qantas is going to be putting more costs uh, into the business as they as they scale up capacity, and bring on additional uh, aircraft, and uh, and and uh, take the workforce back to where it was pre-pandemic. Given that we're well and truly in profit reporting season, how would you rate it and what are the key themes that you've seen across the major numbers? I think the, uh, one of, the, one of the, uh, the key themes has really been the resources sector. Uh, you know, there's been a bit of disappointment with respect to BHP, Rio and Fortescue Metals all weighing on the market today. Uh, you know, their profits were, um, came in sort of lower than expected, uh, you know, which points to... Um, you know, perhaps peak conditions for some of those mining stocks now being behind them. In this environment of high interest rates and inflation, where do you see the opportunities? Very cautious on the market at the moment, uh, quite defensive. We're holding a lot of cash. And I think that the RBA, have, you know, they've, they've got a lot more to do on the rate tightening front. That's going to be a headwind for the stock market. Uh, and of course, the economy, you know, with inflation still quite elevated and, and, and a very, very tight labour market. Angus Geddes there from Fat Profits. Now, KPMG says Australians are taking longer to retire. It says the, uh, the average male is expected to retire by 66.2 years of age. That's the highest since 17, 1972. For females, it's 64.8 years. For more, I spoke earlier with Terry Rawnsley. He's an urban economist at KPMG. Terry, why are we retiring older? Yeah, it's an interesting kind of combination of um, the pattern of our workforce. We've got more white-collar workers who are able to work for longer. And also over the last three years with a really tight labour market, um, older workers have got more choice when it comes to picking up work which meets their uh, flexible requirements. Let's go into one of those things in more detail. The higher educated, they're really driving this trend. Why is that? Yeah, so what we saw is that people with a bachelor degree retired at the age of 66 and someone with a postgraduate degree, which is a master's or a PhD, were at 67. And, and these are the type of workers who, in the knowledge economy, can work flexibly. They can work two or three days a week. They don't need to be in face-to-face -face, um, conversations. So that more skilled workforce, a growing sort of knowledge sector, means that those workers are still highly valued by employers and are continuing to work. What about inflationary pressures? Because I think a lot of this data precedes uh, a lot of the inflation numbers and the higher interest mm. rates that we've seen. How, how are those two things likely to impact it? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, you know, that's obviously a, a hot topic, um, cost of living. But what we've kind of seen is that the surge in labour force participation amongst older people predates that surge in inflation. And, and when you think about it, probably people, especially white collars, um, age 60, 65, they would have paid off the mortgage, the kids would have moved out of home. So they're probably less in tune to some of those cost of living pressures that, you know, people in their 30s with children and mortgages are feeling much more. 
finally, you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment about potential tinkering of the super system. Do you know if any of that will have an impact on retirement ages? Yeah, it's interesting. When you look sort of globally, um, how Australia compares to sort of other OECD countries, we, we kind of sit in the middle. We've got other countries like um, France, Greece, Italy, who are kind of in the low 60s. Um, Australia sits in the mid-60s. And then you've got sort of East Asian countries like Japan and um, South Korea working into their 70s. And then you've got sort of New Zealand, who is sort of at 67, so a couple of years older than Australia. And, and the New Zealand system is a little bit more flexible with people being able to work um, a few hours here and there and not be impacted with the pension. Whereas in Australia, you've got this little bit of a tension around eligibility. If you work for longer, you might put some of that pension at risk. And that's just a bit of a deterrent for older workers. Terry Ronsley there from KPMG. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Thank you.